Hi, I'm Mo Hunt. I'm Mae Campbell. Hi, I'm Rachel Malcolm. I'm Sarah Hunter. This is the Fem 15s in 15s. Fem 15s in 15s. TW2's Premier 15s in 15. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Premier 15s in 15s, brought to you by the TW2 podcast. I'm still Fergus Mainland, joined by Imogen Ainsworth to run you through round 17, the penultimate round of the Allianz Premier 15s before we get to the semi-finals, playoff rugby and more importantly knockout rugby on the quest to determine who's going to win the Premier 15s 2022-2023. It's been big round of fixtures, as it always is. Lots of playoff implications uh, in the top four. Some unbelievable matches. And to run you through all the scores, I'm going to hand over to Imo. So the first game of the weekend was Sale Sharks versus Gloucester Hartbury. Obviously, this was a Sale home fixture, but in Richmond. You were at that, Fergus, so you can chat a bit more about that later. But that was a 48-14 win to the visitors, Gloucester Hartbury. Um, Exeter Chiefs uh, played Wasps and they won 82-7. Unfortunately, Wasps managed to come away with a try, but again, for them, as we've seen this season, not a scoreline that they would have wanted. Um, unfortunately, Loughborough Lightning versus uh, Worcester was postponed. We'll get into that a bit more um, as well later. Harlequins beat DMP Sharks 81 points to 10 and Saracens beat Bristol Bears 48 points to 38, which... From following on Twitter, as I couldn't tune into the game, it was try after try um, and a very close encounter, probably right up to the end. And you were also there, Fergus. So lots to get our teeth stuck into this weekend. And what, the big question, has that done to the table? So our top four is currently Gloucester Hartbury um, at the top on 79 points. So they have secured um, a home semi-final on the 10th of June. So that will be played at Kingsholm as well, not, not at the Alpass, um, which should be really exciting. Exeter Chiefs are in second on 73 points. Saracens third with 70 and Bristol Bears um, in fourth on 57. Harlequins are fifth with 52 points. Uh, Worcester Warriors are sixth with 35. Sail Shark seventh with 30. Loughborough Lightning eighth with 29 points. DMP ninth with 10 points. And Wasps, unfortunately, at the bottom at 10th with one point. Uno, uno pointo. I felt like I was reading out um, Eurovision scores then. Well, you couldn't be. Maybe that's the next step in your career. Uh, once you progress from rugby writing, it is to reading out or presenting Great Britain's points at uh, Eurovision. I think there's there something, there's something there, definitely. Premier exclusive. Yeah. So as you mentioned, yes, I had the pleasure of going to two matches this weekend, the first of which was on Saturday, Sale against Gloucester Hartbury. And first of all, congratulations go to Gloucester for winning the match. That was good. Box done. Five points secured them the home uh, semi-final, as you've alluded to. But the big, my big takeaway from that, too, actually, first of which, Georgie Perez-Reading, unbelievable player, once again scoring an absolute worldie of a solo try. Uh, magnificent to, to watch on to, which was swiftly followed up uh, not uh, just a few minutes later by... Uh, Lauren Delaney with an unbelievable uh, kick to her. It was that was fantastic. But the big thing was that performance from Gloucester Harbury, particularly in the first half of that. Whilst this is a team sitting up in first position, that was not a performance that is going to win them a semi final, let alone um, the Prem 15s this season. 
And I, I say that because it was just full of errors that you wouldn't expect from the top team in the league. And particularly having watched them against Quinns last week when they just went on a demolition derby to then watch them go out and play, yes, away from home. Um, yes, it was a, a long trip down to, to London. But nonetheless, you've got to go and play and win wherever you go. And I think it showed quite a lot of vulnerabilities for Gloucester. And I think it shows that there's still a lot of work for them to do in the remaining few weeks. You know, when you look at where they, they should have been playing up in Manchester this week, playing against Sale Sharks, and actually the journey was cut far shorter by only coming to London. So we can't even go into it with, oh, they had a they had a long way to travel. You know, they did, but compared to where they should have been going, it was relatively short. Um, and I think, yeah, I guess it's getting to that point in the season. We see it sometimes in in the men's premiership where teams know that they're they're kind of secured in those top places and they kind of put out a performance that you wouldn't expect at, at that point in the year. But I do think with with some of the performances we've seen from other teams this year, to be Showing that vulnerability, I, I hope doesn't come back to bite them. And in the way that kind of teams see, oh, this is there as we can kind of exploit them in. And Sailor are a fantastic team. We spoke about Paris Reading. I think she has been an excellent inclusion, kind of to the USA squad as well. They've they've really done well to pick her up and have her as a key point because I think week on week she does something. Whether that's a, a try, an offload, a tackle, she's always up there for pretty much player of the week every week. Um, which I think just speaks volumes about about her as uh, as an individual, and it's a shame that Sales' kind of positive start didn't carry forward. I guess it'd have been nice to see a few more tries from from them in that one. And I think well, that's that's what happens when you go up against the the best team in the league. And like, there's no disrespect towards um, Gloucester at all. I mean, Sarah Becker, unbelievable performance, got herself a hat trick. That was class, but. Yeah, even speaking to Sean Lane at the end of the match, I mean, he was saying that it's not that's not Gloucester, it's not how Gloucester play, and um, yeah, full credit to Sale, he managed to go and, and force some errors and and challenge them, and I think expose some of those weaknesses which Saracens X to Bristol will be, I think, very grateful for. I saw someone kind of reply to a a Premiership thing and say, "Oh, um, you know, women's rugby can't be taken seriously when 75% of the games are completely one-sided. But actually, you look at that score on paper and you think, oh, well, that, you know, must have been an awful game from, say, oh, look how few tries they scored and conceded. But actually, if, if you watch the game and the positives you can take from that, I think women's rugby does tend to be a bit more high-scoring at the moment because there are differences in the teams. But actually, I think you can respect the individual performances a lot more by tuning in stuff. And obviously, it's difficult with with coverage etc but actually to be able to watch and appreciate we say there Georgie Paris Reading and and the effort of her team I think is something that we really need to highlight going forward is that yes okay scores might not might not go the way that the teams want but the performances you know sometimes those losing teams actually show real positives going forward and at a time in rugby where they're constantly looking for or there's there's talk about needing individuals and superstars well Georgie Parrish Reading, she's exactly the sort of person that you're looking for. I think she's a wonderful captain, um, she's an unbelievable player. And I think when we get on to talking about team of the season, well, she's right up there for one of the first names on the on the team sheet, I imagine. But speaking of high scoring matches, uh, we head to, or I should say I headed to the, the Store X Stadium for first and foremost, another unbelievable spread of food from Saracens. 
Uh, shout out to their catering team. Pies, sandwiches, cakes, all phenomenal. Top tier there. Um, but what was also top tier was the rugby. A constant back and forth between two top teams. Saracens, who have gone on an unbelievable run of form since January, I think it's about 10 or 11, nearly 12, unbeaten matches that they've, that they've gone on. Really impressive. But Bristol, who have found something in these past couple of matches, going toe-to-toe, the score was going back and forth, back and forth, the whole way through. And then ultimately it came down to the final couple of minutes or so, which saw Kareem Grant score the winner. Um, and the the penalty from, from Holly Aitchison, which ultimately took the game out of a, a losing bonus point from Bristol. But... Again, brilliant rugby. And I think the big thing for me was um, for Saracens, it was finding a way to win. There was big problems, as Alex Osterbury said, with with conceding 38 points. That's that's an issue. But for Bristol's side of things, to go away from home and to, to get so close against Saracens, I was hugely, hugely impressed by. And I guess for Bristol and kind of a confidence booster, Am I right in saying they're most likely going to be facing Gloucester in the semi-final? Well, yes. We'll get on to playoff implications. I've got the whole thing written down on a bit of paper. I've crunched the numbers. So they've got to they've got to play Gloucester Hartbury, you know, hypothetically in a semi-final. Firstly, they've put on that performance um, on a on a four G pitch, so they can go away and do, they know that they've played well on that kind of surface. And secondly, to go up against. Saracens who have been so dominant I think in, in years gone by and, and even they've worked themselves up to this position this season to know actually we can go and score these tries you know they conceded you know almost equal to what they scored but actually I think yeah looking ahead to the the, the latter stages of the the season they can take real positives from from that game yeah hugely and the Saracens game was also a big moment, I think, for Saracens as as a club. Earlier on in the week, there was the announcement that Vicky Fleetwood was retiring the England and Saracens legend who's given so much to the game. Uh, Alex Osterbury's words, not my words, a huge ser- a servant of, of rugby. And and sevens as well, so she's hugely done, impressive. Yeah, she's done everything. And that steers us on very nicely to... Matt's moment of merit, which is singing the praises all about Vicky Fleetwood. So have a listen to what Matt's got to say all about her brilliant career that she's had. There were a lot of exciting moments in the games that were played across this weekend. Uh, But for me, the biggest moment happened off the field. uh, And that was Vicky Fleetwood announcing her retirement at the end of this season. Um, For anyone who's been around the game a, a fairly long time, uh, Fleetwood has been a fantastic servant to to Saracens and to England rugby. Uh, she was a World Cup winner in 2014. She's one of the few players I've ever come across who's successfully transitioned from being a front row player to a back row player, uh, moving from hooker to being one of the best open sides in the game at her peak. And that was in a team that also contained Marley Packer, so... That's high praise indeed. Um, on a more personal note, she was the first uh, Red Rose I ever interviewed in person. Uh, in 2020, I went to uh, a training session in Teddington just before uh, England played Scotland and just a few weeks before lockdown. Uh, and 
I was stood by the side of the training paddock thinking, oh God, who am I going to try and stop and speak to? And Vicky came up and introduced herself and, and very kindly um, gave a few words to, to camera. Um, she put me at ease in an environment I wasn't comfortable in uh, and she didn't have to do that. So so that's something that I've always remembered. Um, but also she's one of the most ferocious defenders I've ever seen play the game. We talk about Packer and we talk about Sadia Kabea at the moment uh, and an on-form Fleetwood was every bit their equal. So uh, a huge, huge loss to the game, but a player who can hold her head up high and say that she's been one of the best in the world and she's done things that most players can only ever dream of. So all the best to uh, Vicky for whatever comes next after playing, and I do hope she stays in and around the game. Um, she's a, a big personality and uh, she'd be a great coach or a great pundit if she chooses to be. Uh, but for now, uh, just a moment to celebrate a fantastic career. Massive thanks, as always, to Matt Merritt for providing his moment of the week. And congratulations to Vicky Fleetwood for a phenomenal, phenomenal career. And hopefully it's not the last time we see her or we'll see her in a Saracens jersey. There's obviously one more game to go. There's the potential of a home semi-final for Saracens to come. And, well, who knows, maybe a final as well. But have you got any final thoughts on that uh, that Saracens match? Yeah, I think I'd just quite like to highlight Holly Aitchison's performances this season, but the past few months in particular. I think she's quite a... I think you, I hope she wouldn't mind me saying quite an introverted and, and quite individual, but the... The way she's slotted in at ten shirt, particularly during the Six Nations to now, we've seen. I think she was in. She was the number ten um, in the team of the Six Nations. She's most times I see after game, she's up for Player of the Match on the Saracens Twitter, and I think she's really kind of fitting well in in that position. I know it was in talks for a while with Simon Middleton and, and Alex Osprey about um, Anna Holly herself about wanting to be selected and and improving her likelihood of selection by testing out some different positions but her performances at fly half have just been incredible for the you know she's played fly half in in the past as well as center but to actually be playing week in week out at fly half I think has done her the world of good and hopefully it will help kind of build her confidence going into the latter stages knowing that she can perform as well as she has done it's not it, she's in my head now she's completely well I'd, I'd like to say she's very well settled into that position and can confidently go in knowing that she can she can control the field well and she can provide so I think looking ahead for her it's, it's only looking up really yeah just finally for me from that game Eleanor Snowsill the fly half for Bristol had a cracking game from the tee um, she was so good from start to finish from the tee um, and I think kept Bristol very much in contention I think despite Bristol scoring five only five tries compared just to the five. compared to Saracen's seven because she was so accurate from the tee, uh, she kept them in the mix throughout the game. So uh, brilliant to see, and uh, it goes to show that uh, we don't need to make the ball smaller, and we don't need to bring the kicking in to the um, to the to the to the um, any further in from the from the sidelines. Sadly, we've got to end things on a less positive note and we take a trip up to Loughborough for their game against Worcester, which has ultimately been postponed, but we're waiting to hear more about it because there was an ambulance that was supposed to turn up, supposedly, 
but in the end, it was a no-show and the game had to be postponed. Uh, really poor organisation. And Imo, I imagine you've got some thoughts on this one. The reason given on the Prem 15's website is uh, non-compliance with minimum operating standard 19.3, which is accident and emergency ambulance staff with paramedic crew. I'm glad you so, managed to, to remember that, to memorise. Which I think we've seen at least once this season. I think in I think it was a Prem Cup game with Wasps and Saracens, I want to say, where they didn't have an ambulance as well. And obviously it is such a shame that these type of issues kind of affect the women's game in ways that you wouldn't kind of see um other premiership, you know, say the men's premiership, you wouldn't you wouldn't see that obviously because the provision would just be there. And I think it's such a shame that that Loughborough and Worcester, you know, while they weren't, they're not challenging for top four, I think both of those sides could have done with a with a good run out and kind of to set themselves up well for a kind of solid end of the season and then to both be back in the Prem next year. It's just a real shame, to be honest, that, you know, those players are prepared for that game. And obviously, you know, we, we look at situations, it's, it's players that have maybe given up extra time in their week alongside um other work commitments to to train for a fixture um, and then to hear it kind of called off quite last minute it's just really disappointing and would you believe it an ambulance being called off uh, has potentially serious playoff implications on the line coming up this weekend it is the final round of the regular season of the premier Fifteens taking place this weekend and imogen i believe you've got all the fixtures to hand what have we got coming up we have Worcester Warriors versus Harlequins, Wasps versus Bristol, DMP Sharks versus Sail Sharks, the Battle of the North and the Battle of the Sharks, which is always exciting. Um, Gloucester Hartbury versus um, Exeter Chiefs, that'll be a cracking top of the table clash. Um, and Loughborough Lightning versus Saracens, um, which would be great to maybe see Loughborough bring some more energy um, against a, a strong Saracens team. Yes, and. Talking of that Saracens game, playoff implications online coming up this weekend. Exeter Chiefs, it's simple for them. Win, they've got a semi-final, but they've got to win against Gloucester Hartbury at Gloucester Hartbury, as you've alluded to. Saracens, going into the game against Bristol, they needed two wins, uh, one of which they've got now. So they have to beat Loughborough and they need Exeter to lose if they're going to get that top uh, top two position for a home semi-final. However, their job has been made more difficult because Loughborough didn't or haven't played because of the ambulance. Therefore, Loughborough have effectively had a week off to rest going up against Saracens. So all of a sudden, the ambulance has you know, big implications. That was that was Saracens. Bristol uh, have fourth pretty much locked up. Um, if they were going to get third, they needed two wins plus two Saracens losses, which, as we know, that's not happened. However, they can still come fifth and miss out on the playoffs. Yeah, it's huge. Um, they get fourth with a win against Wasps, which you'd like to think is going to happen. However, they get fifth if they lose and if Wasps beat them and if Quinns get two wins. So that was leading into last weekend. One win they've got against DMP. And of course, Quinns looking for that extra win this weekend. It's highly unlikely Quinns make the playoffs, but this ain't over till it's done. And of course, 
we're going to be heading along to Wasp because it's a massive weekend for for Wasp rugby. Sad weekend is probably the right way to put it. With the final game of top flight rugby on the men's side of things and the women's side of things taking place at Twyford Avenue this weekend. 38 years Wasps have been in the top flight of women's rugby and it comes to an end this weekend. But we get to be there. It's going to be a historic weekend. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it as kind of sad as it will be. I think this year's, I think for everyone involved in rugby, it's been a, a very difficult one. I think not only in the men's side, but the women's side, you know, we've seen such a historic club in Wasps um, have the issues they've they faced kind of from the get-go this season, really. it's It's been really kind of sad to watch and and obviously we'll be saying goodbye to DMP Sharks um, at the end of next weekend for the season before uh, Ealing and Leicester Tigers join um, going into, into next season. But yeah, I'm looking forward to kind of celebrating everything that the Wasps has been and done for rugby. I think even if you're not a Wasps fan, you can appreciate their standpoint and, and how they've kind of been part of the trailblazing group for kind of women's rugby and yeah, it is a shame, but hopefully, I don't know what's next for them, but hopefully we'll see we'll see them back at some point in the future. I'd I'd love to love to keep my hopes up for that. We'll give the final word to Ealing, who are of course coming in next season, and after signing goodness knows how many players already so far, they've got more coming this week. So stay tuned for that. Hugely exciting in the world of Premier Fifteens. The final round of fixtures is to come. And as we alluded to, we will be at Twyford Avenue for a celebration of all things Wasps rugby this coming weekend. That's been the Prem 15s in about 15 minutes. We hope you've enjoyed it and we'll see you next time in the TW2.